This is the message given by Pastor James Lim during the evening worship service at Faith Presbyterian Church, Long Beach, California, for October 8, 2023. The title of the message is The Way of Wisdom. If you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, we continue in our evening series. Job, Psalms, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 10 to 19. Uh, we saw um, the last couple of weeks here in, in uh, chapter 4 and uh, at the end of chapter 3, the covenantal nature of wisdom and the idea that wisdom is passed on from a father to a son, from the parent to a child, from generation to generation, and that wisdom has a particular covenantal character, a character that reflects uh, the covenant that God has made with his people, that it is the, the everyday practical application, the exposition and the teaching of the precepts of wisdom uh, embodied in uh, the, the covenant, embodied in the word of God. And, and it's through the, these everyday interactions that children learn uh, how to follow the Lord, how to trust in the Lord, how to live for the Lord. And so we're continuing on in that theme here in verse 10. So here now then the reading of God's holy word from verse 10. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it, turn away from it, and pass on. For they cannot sleep until they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. May he add his blessing to it this evening. One of my favorite gospel outlines, kind of uh, kind of uh, an outline to uh, help you more easily share the gospel is a, is a gospel outline and track entitled Two Ways to Live. I, I like it because it taps into one of the major themes of the Bible and uh, and um, explains the gospel in, in a very simple way. It taps into the redemptive historical theme, the, the biblical historical theme, that there are two ways of life, two kinds of people, and two ends for which uh, we live. You either trust in the Lord or you don't. You either live by faith or you don't. You either obey God and live for him or you don't. And you will either make your way to the goal of life, or you will make your way to the, to the end, which is death. Uh, contrasting these two ways of life, the two characters and, and goals of life. And, and what's interesting about uh, the theme that 
goes throughout the Bible says there's no in-between. There's no kind of righteous, kind of evil, wicked. There's no kind of wicked or kind of righteous. It's just one or the other. It's a very stark contrast. And one of the ways the Bible describes these two ways of life is the way of righteousness versus the way of, of wickedness. The way of light versus the way of darkness. The way of life and the way of death. And as we continue in the book of Proverbs, we see all of these threads intersect uh, here in the contrast between these two ways, the way of wisdom and the way of the wicked, or in other parts of the book of Proverbs, the way of folly. And so tonight I want us to see how each of these ways lead us down a path, one that leads to light and life, and one that leads to darkness and death. And so let's look at these two ways and what that looks like. First, we see the way of wisdom as the way that leads to life. Look at verse 10 there. Uh, the writer speaks to his son again. Um, again, it's a reminder that wisdom is covenantal. And it's in the very, it's in the simple passing down of knowledge and wisdom and insight uh, uh, and, and the precepts of God through the everyday precepts that a father gives to his uh, son or daughter. It's passed down from generation to generation. I, I don't know uh, about you, but um, I don't know, maybe you, see, you hear this from your own parents, you know, that, or, you know, where, you, where your parents say, you know, when I was young, my father said this to me. Uh, and then you end up kind of echoing that and passing it down to your children. Uh, or, you know, you, you kind of get a sense in which there's um, family patterns, family wisdom passed down, and you can trace it. You can trace it back. Uh, the covenant uh, succession, the covenant character and wisdom passed down here in the Old Testament, in particular in the book of Proverbs, is very much like that. The father tells his son to hear and to heed his words because it will lead to his long life. And this echoes the wisdom of God as God's covenant relationship. It reflects the covenant nature of the law. If you remember uh, in the book of, of Exodus and in Deuteronomy, when Moses gave the law at Sinai, and when he renewed the covenant again with the new generation on the mount, uh, on the plains of Moab before entering into the promised land, at the very end of the back and forth uh, you have the two the two mountains and they're going back and forth, and um, and at the very end Moses uh, Moses uh, summarizes this whole interaction of the of the blessings and the curses of the covenant by summarizing as the way of, that the way that leads to life and the way that leads to death and and so that that legal that legal. Uh, uh, the legal ramifications of obedience and disobedience is then um, looked at from the lens of wisdom and folly here in the book of Proverbs. And it is the way of wisdom that leads uh, to life. And in particular, it's the way of God's wisdom being passed down through the father to his son. So what does the way of wisdom look like? Right. 
It's the way of righteousness. Look at verse 11. It's the way of the morally upright. Uh, look at the parallelism, right? It's kind of in, in, in Hebrew parallelism, you, the, first, uh, the first clause explains and expands the second clause here. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. Again, wisdom is connected with uh, what is morally good and right. It's doing the right thing in the right way for the right reasons to the right end. And it's learning God's wisdom then as wisdom for life. So of course it's going to be morally righteous. Um, and this is why I think there's a difference then between wisdom and cunning. Have you ever thought about that? Wisdom has that moral component of righteousness, whereas cunning is merely being tricky and tactful, doing what is necessary to get to get the achieved goal, but it's not there's no it's not necessarily um, morally informed. Right? You can be cunning and be righteous. You could be cunning and you could be evil or wicked. And but wisdom uh, is speaks to that moral aspect of doing what is right in the right way. Uh, so what does, um, so what is he saying here? Wisdom is, is learning God's wisdom and doing uh, what is uh, right because you're doing what is wise. And here I think this is the very essence of wisdom because it's all modeled after God's wisdom because God is holy and everything he does then is holy because God is wise, he is wise in a holy way, in a, in a morally holy way. And that wisdom ought to be reflected in his people as we uh, learn from his wisdom so that we can be wise. Um, and so wisdom, to say that someone is wise is to also include, imply, presuppose that they are righteous in the way that God is righteous or and so another aspect of the way of wisdom is that it is also clear and without obstacles. It's a smooth way, right? in the best sense of the term. Now, this doesn't mean it's easy, but it means that you can go down the road of the way of wisdom without stumbling. Why? Look at verse 15. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. Right? You're not gonna be there's not gonna be a lot to hinder your steps because it's a well-trod way, and I'll touch on that in a moment. And if you run, you will not stumble. And this is the this is the core theme of righteousness. When you do what is right, when you do what is good and wise, you're not going to stumble and fall. Right? It's when you try to do something wicked or evil uh, that is de is described as, as a stumble. Right? That's why we call uh, Adam's fall into sin a fall. You're, you're, you're falling from the, the upright place of moral righteousness and falling to the ground uh, because of, of the wickedness that you have, have done. And the way of wisdom is a well-worn and well-paved way. It's the true and time-tested path for getting from one place to another, figuratively speaking, from doing one thing into another thing. Uh, 
It's the path that many have trod before, and it's the one that has time and time again proven to be the safe path. It speaks of the moral hazards of folly and the lack thereof of wisdom. Uh, in Jeremiah 6.16, uh, Jeremiah is, is speaking to the people of Israel, and he says this, Stand by the roads and look, and ask for the ancient paths, where the, good way, where the good way is, and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. But the people of Israel said, we will not walk in it. Uh, it's really interesting how uh, the best roadways uh, are, they're, they're, they're the best roadways for a reason, and why you know every other iteration of a highway is the iteration of that original roadway. Uh, I think about uh, you know whenever I go up towards uh, Santa Barbara, you see uh, the the El Camino Real, right? The Highway One. It was the it was the King's Highway up and down the coast because it went through um, well trod, well paved paths. Uh, so that people can go back and forth. It was safe. There were established stops on the way. Um, it hit towns that, that uh, it spaced in a way that you won't get stuck anywhere and, and, uh, and find yourself in trouble. And there's a reason why to this day, after several hundred years, people still drive up and down that road. Um, uh, and, 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 it, and this is just a... Uh, a side note, but you can also see the folly of not following those, those paths, for example, where here in Los Angeles, we are trying to build a good public transportation system when we, we used to have one of the best in the world, and we closed them all, and uh, when they, they say, oh, we're going to uh, rebuild or we're going to build a, a, a new, efficient uh, public transportation, they're simply rebuilding what was used to be there and was foolishly abandoned a long time ago. And so I, it, it just speaks to the wisdom of the way that is safe, is good, it's smooth, it's paved, uh, and it's uh, well-trodden for a reason. Um, <clears throat> but only a fool will try to transgress the boundaries of righteousness and try to go through the wilderness in today's culture, the way of the wicked is, as some would interpret, you know, kind of they, they, they take for themselves Robert Frost's great poem, The Road Less Traveled, right? It's the road few people tread, and it's the road that pe few people tread for a reason. It's fraught with pitfalls, perils, dangers, and obstacles. So when you go down the road of wisdom, it's safe, relatively speaking, and you can find rest for your souls, why? Because it's the right way. It's the way that God has, has superintended and he will guide and guard our steps. And also, not only is it the well-trod and well-paved, the safer way, but it's the well-lit way. Right? Look, at, look at what, um, what the writer goes on to say in verse 18. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter, until full day, right? You want, if you, uh, 
you know, you don't just imagine going down a road before before the uh, before headlights, before you know, and you you can only burn a, a a torch for so long, but if there's no light, you know, you're you are open and vulnerable to attack by thieves, by highwaymen, robbers, animals. But uh, there's a reason why the, some of the safest streets are the well-lit streets. There's a reason why criminals want to do the acts of wickedness uh, in the cover of, of darkness in the night. Right? Nobody tries to break into, well, some people do, but on average, people will try to break into a home uh, in the dark of night when they know that nobody's there, nobody can see them coming in and out. You know, one summer when I went to, uh, when I was in Boy Scouts, we went on this long hike through the wilderness as part of a hiking badge. And there were well-marked trails where um, people worked really hard to make safe. They graded the, uh, the trails. They kind of built it in such a way that there was runoff and there was gravel so you wouldn't slip and fall because um, it was along a... Uh, uh, the incline of a hill going around um, hills and mountains. Uh, so when there were inclines, steep inclines, there were steps. When there were declines, there were rails, right, along with those steps. But one year, uh, me and some friends, you know, we decided we wanted to take a shortcut, you know, and so we decided to go off trail. And the camp counselors told us to stay on that trail because it can get pretty dangerous, you know, rattlesnakes, Wild animals, uh, if you slip and fall uh, and you hurt yourself, no one's going to know. Uh, and so we went off trail thinking it would be a shortcut, and it turned out it took us twice as long. Why? Because there was no path. There was no trail. We had to make our own, and we had to be, we had to be more careful. We slipped. We would, there were obstacles. There was logs. There was boulders. There was high grass. Uh, there, and, and be, you know. Uh, if you, if those warning signs were to believe, there were rattlesnakes underneath rocks in the bush. You don't know if there's a bear that uh, will come after you because they smell the snacks that you're carrying, <laughs> right? Uh, whereas the well-trod trail, you know, the bears know. They know that that, that uh, maybe that's not they, they need to keep away. Um, there aren't, there isn't high brush or boulders in the middle of the trails. So the snakes can't hide. And so you can walk with relative peace uh, and not uh, watch your every step. And, um, and so here we see then um, the safety of wisdom. Right? Look at verse 13. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her for she is your life. It's moving from that idea of the way to a person. Right? Keep hold of instruction, this wisdom. Hold on, don't let go, guard her, because she's the way of, uh, of your life. Uh, and then in contrast to the way of wisdom is the way of wickedness that leads to darkness and death. Look at verse 14. The father contrasts verse 11, I have taught you the way of wisdom, with verse 14. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil, right? Verse 15, avoid it, do not go on it, turn away from it and pass on, um, in contrast to verse 13. 
And here we see an echo uh, of the contrast from Psalm 1, the way of the wicked uh, and the way of, of life, right? The way of righteousness. Um, and if you walk in the way of the wicked, you are living in the lifestyle of the wicked, right? It means you are wicked. You walk in evil. And so he tells us to avoid it, to turn from it, to pass over it. And this is a wonderful picture, friends, brothers and sisters, a wonderful picture of what avoiding sin ought to look like. Uh, what it means to, to see sin as a temptation, as a fork in the road. And seeing the perils, you may not see them immediately, but you know that, that the way of wisdom goes one way and the way of wickedness goes the other. And you know that there is going to be peril going down that road. There's a reason why it's the road less traveled, because it's the most dangerous road. And at the end of the road, and friends, brothers, and sisters, this is what I want you to know uh, if you're going to walk away with anything this evening. That the end of the road for the way of wickedness is always death. Right? You know, you, you don't have to punch in your destination to know that, uh, uh, that it's going to take you down uh, the road of death. But the way of wisdom will always, always lead you to the, to the end, uh, the road that leads to life. You know, it means, uh, it, it reminds me of, uh, of, of the trope from horror movies, right? The pro protagonist, I don't know, the protagonist, uh, the main character is walking home late at night. He or she gets enticed by uh, a tempter of some kind, uh, someone who is offering them easy money, someone, a prostitute calling their name. Uh, and... And telling them to go down this dark, dirty, uh, dangerous alleyway. And there's evil lurking behind the dumpster, a killer waiting to pounce. And you're screaming at the television, don't go down the alley. Don't go down the alley. Don't open that door. Have you ever done that? And what do they do? They open the door. They go down the alley. They get pounced on. They die. Uh... And I think that's what the, what the writer of Proverbs is doing here. You're the character in the movie going, looking at the dark alley, saying, hmm, I wonder what, what, what's interesting here. Let me just go down there. It's not good. You know, and, and don't be surprised if someone else, when you're, someone, someone that you love is saying, don't go down that road. <laughs> It's dangerous. It's dark. Uh, it's a road that leads to death. And, um, and so in real life, a wise person is going to avoid that dark alleyway and run from it as fast as possible because the way of the wicked is filled with peril and danger. And one of the reasons why it's so dangerous as well is because it's the the way that the wicked plot and plan to do wicked things, right? Verse 16, look at verse 16. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. Uh, these verses echo 
uh, Isaiah 57, verses 20 and 21. Let me read them to you. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, for the wicked. And this speaks to the rest that the people need, but God doesn't give to them because they want to do evil. There's something, you know, there's a reason why the saying goes, uh, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword, that there is no honor among thieves. If you're a wicked person wanting to do wicked things to people, don't be surprised when wicked things happen to you and you sleep with one eye open. Uh, there's a reason why um, those who do evil things are the ones who are always suspicious of someone else who's going to do the same kind of evil to them. And, and so they get no rest. And this is where you get that cultural saying, there's no rest for the wicked. Uh, I, I think uh, the writer of Proverbs, the, the better reference for no rest for the wicked is in these verses. Where, where the wicked will not sleep unless and until they do their wickedness. It's almost as if they're, um, it's almost as if wickedness is what they live for. It's their food and drink. It drives them. They're addicted to doing evil, right? Uh, for they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. It's, it's what, it's what, it's what uh, makes them tick, And this is why the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Uh, why? Because they work in the dark. They live for the dark. They are people of the dark. Um, and this is that same, this is why you see that same contrast uh, in the New Testament. That uh, those who are dead in their trespasses and their sins are those who live in darkness but Jesus in the gospel, the true Messiah, right, comes and a light is now shining uh, in the darkness. That there's a light now for all the Gentiles uh, in, in, in the coming of Christ and in the preaching of the gospel. That re redemption for the, for the believer is being redeemed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and of his beloved son. And in that light... You have rest for your weary souls. And so what does all of this mean? It means the way of wisdom is the way of righteousness that leads to light and life. Whereas the way of, wicked, wicked, of the wicked is the way of evil that leads to darkness and death. And you have the contrast here of these two ways. And it, and it, points us to the way of salvation uh, and the way of life and light and wisdom in Christ Jesus because he has become for us wisdom and he showed us the way of life that all that he did, he did to give us the wisdom of his life that gives us eternal life. He walked in the way of the righteous rather than the wicked, in the way of wisdom rather than folly. But here's the gospel. He took the punishment that we deserved for our wickedness and folly. He went down the way of the wicked, not to be wicked, but to save the wicked. Think about it. I mean, when you think about John 1, right? Uh, 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. Uh, that the light has come into the darkness, and the dark overcame, and the and the over, darkness overcame him not. That, that there's this idea in which Jesus is the light of salvation and of wisdom that penetrates the darkness of our world and of death and of sin. Not to be, not to uh, be overcome, but to save the wicked. Christ died, the just for the unjust, the wicked for the righteous to bring us to God. And at the end of the way of the wicked, the way of darkness, where sinners plotted and planned his death in the cover of darkness, to arrest him in the cover of darkness, he, so that he could bear the darkness of our penalty and of our punishment, the darkness of our sins. And at the noonday, in the middle of the day, darkness enveloped the world when he hung upon the cross, when the father turned his face away and forsook him and Jesus cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why? Because he was experiencing the darkness of our wickedness. But the punishment for our sins, the way of the wicked that we deserved. But he was not wicked, he was righteous. And so by faith, the righteousness that he has won for us, the way of wisdom that he accomplished for us, he gives to us by faith. So that in him we might have the light and life of salvation in Christ. So that being born again, being justified, and being made more and more holy as we are united to Christ by faith, that we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We walk in the light as he is in the light. And in him we have the light of life, eternal life, glorious life, resurrection life. And at the end of the way of his wisdom in the gospel, the light of dawn, the dawn of, of a new age, the new heavens and the new earth shines into the darkness of our lives and now shines brighter and brighter and brighter until full day when Jesus shall return. And when we see the new heavens and the new earth come down, there's no temple. Why? Because God is our temple. There is no sun. Why? Because God is our son and his glory is our light. And that is the end for which the way of wisdom leads us. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for the way of wisdom that leads us to eternal life in Christ. Lord, help us to turn from the way of wickedness uh, that leads to death. Help us to run away from it, to avoid it, to, tur to turn from it because the way leads to death. And we thank you, Lord, that Jesus entered into the way of the wicked to save us so that we might live in the way of the righteous in Christ Jesus. Bless us this evening, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.